Bhagavata Vahini Chapter 15 The Reign of Emperor Parikshit The Pandavas were journeying along with their eyes fixed straight ahead awaiting the moment when their bodies will collapse out of sheer exhaustion and death finishes their earthly career Their hearts were filled with emotions centering around Krishna his plays and pranks his grace and glory they had no room for any other emotion or thought draupadi the queen dragged herself along for a considerable distance but she became too weak to continue her lords did not return back even when she appealed she realized highly intelligent and devoted that she was that they were engaged in a terrific uncompromising vow she decided that the bond that tagged her to them so long had loosened and she had to meet her end she fainted and fell she breathed her last with her mind fixed on krishna the pandavas too walked on in staunch discipline and met their separate ends at the times and places in which each had to shed his body the body became dust but the soul merged in krishna they attained immortality losing themselves in the immortal essence of krishna from the throne of imperial bharat parikshit ruled his dominion adhering to the principles of justice and morality lovingly fostering his subjects and guarding them from harm with parental care and affection whatever may be the task he set his hands upon parikshit did not move one step without calling to mind krishna and his grandfathers and praying to them to crown him with success he prayed to them morning and evening to direct him along the correct path of virtue he felt as if he was the heart of his people and as if they were his body throughout his empire the very wind was reluctant to displace any article for fear of being implicated in theft there was not the slightest fear of thieves nor was there any trace of injustice immorality or ill will the kingdom gained great fame thereby at the slightest sign of any such evil parikshit overcame it by means of terrific punishment and instituted preventive steps since dharma was thus fostered with love and reverence even nature was kind rains came in time crops grew high and rich granaries were filled people were contented happy and unafraid when parikshit was on the throne ruling over the empire with great care the ministers and their spiritual masters were the guides of the dynasty conferred among themselves and resolved that they must approve the king with a proposal that he should enter the grihastha stage that is householder by taking on a partner by marriage they submitted their prayer likewise when they found him agreeable they asked his maternal uncle uttara of the virata royal family for the hand of his daughter the brahmins they sent to virata returned with the happy news that he was happy over the proposal the priests fixed an auspicious day and hour for the marriage and the marriage of parikshit and airavati daughter of uttara was celebrated with pomp and splendor queen airavati was a great sadhvivadi gem among virtuous women she was endowed with a tenacious love for truth 
she was devoted to her husband. Whenever she heard that anyone in the empire was in distress, she was pained much, as if she herself had the calamity. She mixed with women of the capital and acquainted herself with their aspirations and achievements. She provided them with encouragement and consolation. She fostered the growth of virtue among them by teaching an example. She established institutions to promote and protect good character. She allowed women of all grades to approach her, for she had no false pride. She treated everyone with reverence. She was an angel of fortitude and charity. Everyone praised her as Goddess Annapurna herself, the bestower of food in human form. During the reign of this king and his queen, men and women lived in peace and happiness, untroubled by want. Parikshit too arranged for the performance of many Vedic sacrifices and rituals. He arranged the worship in temples and homes of God in his manifold forms with his manifold names. By these and other means, faith in God were implanted in the hearts of his subjects. He promoted measures to ensure peace and harmony among the sages and saints who were living as recluses in forest hermitages. He guarded them in their silent retreats from man and beast. He exhorted them to probe into themselves and discover the laws of self-control. He supervised personally the steps taken to ensure their safety and security. Thus, Parikshit and Airavati ruled over the empire like Ishwara and Parvati who ruled over the universe with parental love and care. Shortly, news that the queen was in the family way spread among the women and was confirmed. The subjects prayed to God at home and in public places of worship that he bless the queen with a son who will be endowed with all virtues and strength of character, who will be a staunch and unflinching adherent of dharma and who will live the full span of years. In those ages, subjects loved the king so intensely that they renounced their own joys to please him. The king too loved them and guarded them as an apple of his eye. Parikshit saw and heard the enthusiasm of the subjects at the auspicious prospect of the advent of a child to continue the dynasty. He shed tears of joy when he realized how deeply his people were attached to him. He felt that the affection was the contribution of his grandfathers and the gift of Lord Krishna's grace. Parikshit did not deviate from his resolve to serve the best interests of his people. He gave up his own likes and dislikes for this great task. He looked upon his subjects as his own children. The bond that brought the king and people together in such close and loving relationship was indeed of a high holy order. Therefore, his people used to say that they would prefer his kingdom to heaven itself. Meanwhile, on an auspicious day, the sun was born and the whole land was filled with inexpressible joy. Sages, scholars and statesmen sent blessings and good wishes to the king. They declared that the new light had dawned on the state. Astrologers consulted their books and calculated fortunes of the child from them. They announced that he will enhance the glory of the dynasty, bringing added reputation on his father's name 
and win the esteem and love of his people. Parikshit invited the family preceptor to the palace and consulted also the Brahmin priests in order to fix a date for the naming ceremony of the child. Accordingly, during an elaborately arranged festival rite, the child was named Janamejaya. The Brahmins who were present were given costly gifts on the suggestion of Kripacharya, the doyen among the Brahmin advisors of the king. Cows with golden ornaments on horns and hoofs were given away in large numbers. All were fed sumptuously for days on end. When Dharmaraja set out upon his final journey, he had entrusted the little boy on the throne of Kripacharya, and as a true trustee, Kripa was advising the boy king and training him in straight craft. As he grew up, this dependence became more fruitful. The king seldom strayed from his advice. He sought it always and followed it with reverential faith. Hence, the sages and recluses of the kingdom prayed for his health and long life and extolled the people's happiness and the ruler's solicitude for their welfare. Parikshit was the overlord of the kings of the earth, for he had the blessings of the great, the counsel of the wise and the grace of the god. After his long campaign of conquest, he encamped on the bank of the Ganges and celebrated as a mark of his victory three horse sacrifices with all the prescribed rituals. His fame spread not only over the length and breadth of India, but even far beyond its borders. He was acclaimed by every tongue as the great jewel of the Bharat royal family. There was no state that had not bent under his yoke. There was no ruler who set his command at naught. He had no need to march at the head of his army to subdue any people or ruler. All were only too willing to pay him homage. He was master of all lands and people. The spirit of wickedness and vice, known as Kali, had already come in with the end of Krishna era. So it was raising his poisonous hood off and on, but Parikshit was vigilant. He adopted measures to counterfoil its stratagems and machinations. He sought to discover the footprints of his grandfathers throughout his realm, in the reforms they introduced and the institutions they established. He reminded his people whenever occasion arose of their nobility and aspirations. He told them of Krishna, his grace and mercy. He shed tears of joy and gratitude whenever he related to them these stories. He was sincerely pining for the chance he had lost to have the Pandavas and Krishna by his side. He knew that Kali had entered his kingdom and was endeavoring to fix its hold on the minds of men. When he became cognizant of its activities, he investigated into the conditions favorable for its spread and with the active cooperation of his teachers and the elders, he enacted special laws to contract the tendencies Kali arose. When the elders advised him that such precautions need to be taken only when wickedness emerges as crimes, Parikshit did not support that opinion. He was for alertness. He wanted to give the lead to his people. Yata Raja, Tata Praja is the proverb he said, that is, as the ruler, so the ruled. He declared 
that Kaliya wickedness can have sway only through the incompetence of the ruler, the loss of self-reliance among the people, the decline in the earning of grace. These three are the factors that promote the plans of Kali. Without them, men cannot fall a prey to his wiles. Aware of this, Pariksit went round his kingdom and sought day and night to drive Kali out of his hounds. That is to say, he attempted to give no room to injustice, evil character, untruth and violence. His preventive plans were effective. He had so much peace in his kingdom that he campaigned in the Badraswa, Ketumala, Uttarakura and Kimpurusha regions.